0: Thank y'all for tuning in, this is episode 16 of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. On today's episode we have Coach Al Cuevas and Coach Robert Zaragoza, both from the Los Angeles, California area. Coach Cuevas has had himself a 30 plus year career and is still going strong. Coach Zaragoza coached down in Mexico in the professional league as an assistant coach. We had a great time talking about life, talking about hoops, discussing In-N-Out versus Whataburger, Spurs versus the Lakers time in Mexico, what it's like to coach high school kids versus professional athletes, and much, much more. Coach Zaragoza also has this Shoot the Rock podcast that he does and really puts a huge spotlight on Latino basketball throughout the nation, and I really appreciate what he does. Make sure you check out his podcast on all podcast platforms. That is Shoot the Rock, Robert Zaragoza. He does a phenomenal job with that. Thank y'all for tuning in. Episode 16, Alfredas, us, Robert Zaragoza. Let's get after it. How you doing? Uh, I can't complain. And I don't want to assume, but I'm going to guess that you're in L.A.
1: Uh, I am, but uh, I live in the San Gabriel Valley, which is like 30 miles from uh, from uh, the city. Okay. 35 miles. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm more like in the, in the foothills. And the school itself, is that in is, uh, the valley or is that in the city? Where I coach? Yeah. I... I my, the school I coach at is, uh, like, four blocks away. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But I don't teach there. I teach at another school. Oh, so you're, you're all over. And since you got your Spurs shirt on. I had to get my Lakers ring Yeah, on. bro. Look at that. <laughs> it
0: wasn't for purpose, though. It's just, I mean, I'm from San Antonio. I wear my Spurs stuff all the time, almost. But, uh, I need
2: to send your shirt priority, bro. I'll send you the little. Shoot you know. the rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm about to send it to you ASAP. I don't know about them. Everybody, I, all your followers will be like, all oh, these guys, these Cali boys talking, talking this nonsense about Texas group.
0: Well, I think the one thing they remember the most is you're talking nonsense about Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's, funny. I mean,
0: That's funny. I think it's pretty cool we get to have a conversation with guys out in California. You know, um, I think, I mean, kids are kids, right? You know, so. Sure. Um, but, but perspective is everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, your California perspective and, and how things are up there. So, Now, I don't have any cool intros or no AKAs like my boy. uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, (laughs) we do got Robert Zaragoza and and Al Cuevas out of uh, California. Can you guys both tell me, you know, exactly what city you're living in right now? Go ahead, Z. I
2: live in the city of Alhambra, um, which is uh, uh, west of – east of uh, downtown L.A., about 10 minutes. Um, You know, I grew up in southeast Los Angeles. City uh, of Commerce, uh, you know, went a Juco Basketball and East L.A. College, stuff like that, but uh, born and raised in Southern California, uh, East Los Angeles, Southeast Los Angeles.
1: I'm uh, I'm a little further out in the suburbs. I'm about 30 miles, maybe a little bit more, out of uh, downtown L.A., uh, Charter Oak, California. It's a little little community in the foothills out here. Gotcha. Probably about... Uh, four or five degrees hotter than where Z is right now.
0: <laughs> See, like, over here, when, when something's like five or ten minutes out, we just call it San Antonio. It's all San Antonio.
2: Oh, yeah, that, that place is too big.
0: <laughs> well, uh, well, I appreciate you guys coming on. How, how you guys been doing as far as uh, this COVID situation? Um, what have you been doing to stay busy? What's it like in California? Uh, I can tell you a little bit what it's like in Texas after, after, but uh, just talk to me a little bit about what you've seen and, and how you guys are managing.
2: Well, when I, I can go, um, when it first started, it was one of those, uh, you know, you kind of saw it coming. Um, and then everything started shutting down after the the Rudy Gobert microphone thing. Um, and then it was just kind of, you know, we had a couple friends that were in high school playoff games. Um, and that affected some of those things. Uh, and as far as like how it is right now, um, in the news in different spots it's it's opening up little by little like actually today they said like uh the barbershops can open up in certain cities um stuff like that so it's i think we're we're a little bit slower than a lot of other places as far as opening up um like memorial weekend was you know just the other day yesterday and you know it kind of feels weird to to not play in a basketball tournament or be in a tournament or be in a basketball gym um you know, we've been kind of shut down for like two months. So uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's figuring out what are some of the things that, that we can do as like family. You know, I have a, I'm lucky to have a park across the street. So, so I wake up early and get my little, uh, I, I say, I say I'm, I'm jogging, but in my mind, you know, in my mind, I'm probably really walking and stuff. So, uh, but I, I try to get out there a little bit uh, just to release some stress, you know, because, you know, our, our place isn't too big. Have little, uh, we have a little, an apartment here, but it's not it's not too big, where where everyone has space. So I think just kind of respecting everyone's space uh, when you go outside. Like like today I was driving around one of the market and I was like I forgot my mask, you know. And then you make the U turn and like you got to have those things, uh, or you know, it's just you want to be respectful, you know, to the people that are that are you know um, have fallen to this uh, COVID and you know as far as anything you want to be respectful to your neighbors and you know we're all in the same community so it's just one of those things where where you know you kind of got to wait and see and and right now we're waiting and seeing and and you know we see a couple of things opening up but uh, uh, personally me and my family we're not in a rush to uh to get anything going you know i think we'd rather see what what happens and see how things transpire um i'm in education so um, I do the long distance learning with the students, um, you know, making phone calls. Um, I work as a dean at a high school. So for me, it's just, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate uh, to be in education and, and still be getting a paycheck. So uh, as far as that's concerned, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, you gotta just, I'm, we're not in a rush right now. You know, we're, we're waiting and seeing, we miss basketball. Uh, any little thing in the NBA Twitter world, we're like, all oh, right, you know, we're waiting
1: cool. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it uh, especially early on, man, It, I think over over the last two and a half months or so, we've all kind of learned a little bit more about this whole, you know, pandemic and, and how to function. But I, I, the first three, four weeks, I mean, we, we didn't leave the house, man. We were on lockdown. You know, I barely went, I didn't even go to the market. Yeah. You know, I remember the first day I went to the market, I, I even posted a a picture on uh on instagram you know i was like suited up i was ready because you know it, we didn't know we, i think we, we've learned a lot more as as a as the time has gone by um i mean you, you just gotta be careful man you know my mom's 75 and she lives with me um, and she's she's uh she had a, a quadruple bypass 20 years ago mm-hmm. so you know I, I gotta be careful you know i can't be uh bringing any any uh any germs into the house and stuff like that so so we're, we're staying home as much as possible man and what have you seen as far as people in the city
0: i know like in texas at least in in our area like people aren't really listening or haven't really listened much uh you look at our beaches uh i was i was just appalled at looking at all the people just huddled up um around each other hanging out like like nobody's business uh you know how's it out there in california
1: I think depending on the community, it's a little bit different. Um, out here where I live, I think it's a it's a, a little bit more of a of a it, it's diverse, but there's 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 quite a, a kind of a conservative set mm-hmm. that thinks uh, you're a liberal a liberal softy. I'm, I'm using a nice word, you know. If if you, if you wear a mask, um, and my kids want to go, you know, my kids want to go anywhere,
3: yeah. right?
1: And they want to go to the market with me, and I'm like. I can't I can't if I take you, you know, you're around grandma, but uh, I, as you move more to like uh, to like uh, to like Alhambra to, to the east side, um, to, uh, I know you don't know the, the communities, but these are more communities of uh, of color. They're wearing masks everywhere. Yeah, they're wearing masks everywhere. everywhere. Over here, it's a little different at, at times, which is which which makes me nervous, you know. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I I try to be respectful, and like I said, I just made that U turn the other day, and I was like, because you know, you know, you never know, you never know, and and it's affected uh, my family directly. Um, you know, one of my uh, uncles uh, fell to uh, the coronavirus. Um, you know, and he's actually we're collecting funds right now, and um, you know, we're they're they're planning to take his body to to Mexico. You know, that's where he's from, so. You know, uh, when it hits home, I think it's one of those things where, where it becomes a lot more real, you know. I think, you know, it's very superficial, and it's just one of those things that you see on the news, and it's like, until it hits you, um, and we're already, being precau- we're already being cautious about it, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you just got to – now it just becomes that's, – that's why, more than anything, it, it is more of a wait and see on what happens.
0: It makes it more real. I mean, we see this stuff on the news and the TV – and I think a lot of people, when it hits home, I mean, that's when it makes it really, I guess, sure. your eyes. Yeah. not that you didn't already have it, but I'm just talking about people in general. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about, I know we touched on it just a little bit, but your childhood, you know, where'd you grow up? What was it like? Um, any influences in your life that led you down this path of uh, getting into education or getting into coaching or just, just hoops in general?
2: Go ahead, Al. You, your childhood started a little bit before mine. Bro. <laughs>
1: Uh, we actually grew up, uh, um, he, he grew up in the city of Commerce. I grew up in the city of Bell Gardens, uh, which they're neighboring uh, little towns in southeast L.A. Um, I'm seven years older than him, than, than Robert. Um, his brother, his older brother and I were, were high school teammates. Um, and that's, where, that's when me and Robert, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Or maybe that's for your podcast, Z.
3: <laughs>
1: but yeah, I, I started kind of hanging out with him a lot. When he was about 10 years old and I was in a junior and senior in high school, we joke around a lot. But, yeah, we grew up in southeast L.A., went to Bell Gardens High School. Um, pretty competitive. Um, I think Z had some better years there than, than we did. We were, we were good, but Z's teams were a little bit better. Um, but, it, but, I mean, we just fell in love with the game there. It was a, a, a mostly Latino community that you, you pretty much – in the 80s and 90s, you pretty much – uh, played ball, played basketball, or you played soccer? Like everybody you knew who was, a, was an athlete uh, played played basketball or soccer. And then the guys who weren't that athletic ended up playing football and they ended up being pretty good too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, from there, uh, I was a pretty good student. Um, and I was able to play uh, some Division three basketball uh, at a small college uh, out in the desert uh, for a couple years. And then... Uh, I think maybe I, I got ahead of myself and thought uh, I was a little better than I, than I really was. And I transferred to a, to a D1 school, Long Beach State, and uh, tried to walk on my last three years, and it didn't really work out for me. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. I worked out with the guys there at Long Beach State, and, and uh, uh, I got better. Um, and it's a uh, funny story. Um, my, my last year, you know, I knew the coaches. I knew all the players on the team. And uh, the head coach at the time was uh, Seth Greenberg, my last year at Long Beach State. And I went to talk to him about, you know, walking on again. You know, I walked on every year, and try to make the team. And he, said, he asked me if, uh, if I ever thought about coaching. And I said, uh, no, I don't want to coach. Hell no. I'm not a coach. Yeah. I want to play. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, why do you ask? He's like, well, a friend of mine, he's a freshman coach at Buena Park High School, which is uh, – Orange County, which is about, from Long Beach State, maybe like a 15, 20-minute uh, drive. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, freshman team, $1,500. I say, 1500 bucks, <laughs> Rich. That, I'm, I'm like, rich? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, but what about walking on, coach? I want to be on the team. He says, uh, no, nah, you're not going to be on the team. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll coach the freshman. Yeah. And that, that's actually how I started coaching 30 years ago. Orange County, like from the movie Orange County. Uh, what movie? It's a probably, right. yeah. oh, probably. Yeah. the yeah. Orange County, right. Yeah. Right, on the,
2: right on the edge, right on the edge, yeah, right on the edge.
1: It was like it's it's Winter Park is like the the, the hood part of Orange County. It's not really hood, but you gotcha. know,
3: but it, it, yeah. It's
2: Orange that, County. That's
1: where I first started coaching. What about you? Rob?
2: Uh I was a uh, of Commerce. I, I live like three blocks from the park um the rosewood park that's uh where i grew up at um and i was like the parks and rec kid you know i i played uh all the sports uh you know whatever the park offered i was i was with it you know baseball season um flag football you know and basketball and basketball was like one of the first ones where um i played but i wasn't really i didn't really get the game you know but there you know um Al and, and my brother and those guys, um, the more they started playing, the more I was like, I got to pick up on it, you know? And they were older, so I wasn't really like the guy that was, you know, with your younger brothers, just like, ah, move to the side, you know? Um, so I kind of just, it was one of my things where I was like, I wanted to hoop. Um, and I played there. Um, it's funny, I, I was thinking about it, I, I didn't play for my middle school, because I was like, I, I want to play at the park better, you know? So I was one of those kids that I, I felt that that was my better path. Um, I played in high school. Um, we had a good, like Al said, we had a good senior year. We went uh, 21 and seven. Um, and for us in that community, uh, one playoff win was might as well win the CIF championship, bro. So uh, we 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 did well. Um, and I played after that. I played uh, junior college basketball at East LA College. I played two years, and then I played one year at uh, California Baptist University. Um, it's currently a D one. I wasn't it wasn't a D one when I was when I was there. It was a small <laughs> building.
1: Oh, you don't uh, have to say that part, Z. I played a Cal I, Baptist. I Z1, Cal- baby.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was Cal Baptist College when I was there. Now it's Cal Baptist University. Uh they're in the whack. But but it's cool. It's 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 just funny to see um you know how how I came up in the in, in basketball and, and it's just like looking like thinking about that I was gonna be on this podcast, I was like Man, I, you know, I was at the park and I thought I was like, that was it like that for me playing at the park with my friends uh, was like the funnest, you know, because you play against rival parks and, yeah. you know, you make the all star team. And like, that's like, you know, you're you combine. It's like, you know, it just felt like my little NBA at the time, you know, I mean, when you're a little kid, that's like what you have and you look forward to it and you go to the park. And and it's funny. Uh, one of my best friends lived down the street and, uh, you know, like literally up the block and. Both of us ended up being 6'6". And I was like, what was, what was on the, in the water on that, on that box, you know? <laughs> both, Latino ki- both Latino kids. Um, he also uh, went on to play basketball uh, in college uh, beyond high school. But, you know, as far as that, it was just loving the game. I mean, just going and hooping the driveway. You know, whoever had a driveway in the house, oh, yeah. we were there
1: for sure. You know what's funny is uh, think, thinking of all these stories, you know, you ask about coaching. You know, Z starts playing in the, uh, the park leagues and he's like 10, 11, and he's five, six inches taller than every kid, right? So, me and his brother and some of us, we're going to his games. You know, we're, we're I don't know if you remember that, Z. Yeah. We're trying to coach him up, you know, we're trying, because, you know, we're in high school now, juniors, seniors. We think we know a little bit, and he's 10, 11, 12, and we're trying to coach him. And then, fast forward a few years, he was on a really good team his senior year, and Bobby will, will say this because he's – I'm quoting him. Of the five starters, he was probably the fifth option, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and he was, I think, the only guy that played college basketball, right?
2: Uh, Eddie Santana played.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But uh, he was a little, a little heavier at the end of his senior year, and uh, I was already coaching like maybe two or three years at that point. Remember, I'm seven years older than him, so I'm like 24. He's 17. So I I, I was training him. You were like the first kid I ever trained, right?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, I
1: them, I'm putting him through workouts. I'm getting him ready to play. And he was – his body completely transformed from high school to college, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. That was um, – I remember um, during those times you were doing the Warrior Drills. I think uh, –
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Chris Mullen? Chris Mullen? Chris Mullen. So Chris oh. Mullen, um, he was uh, – a. Uh, he has OCD, like, uh, you know, uh, he's very obsessive compulsive. You know, what
1: it was is uh, – And he was
2: an alcoholic right. at the time. And he was trying to get in that's shape. It. Yeah. So, so whoever's trainer uh, Chris Mullins was, I don't know if you remember, Al, but I remember because yeah. it was like uh, the warrior drills. And that's what right. we called them. Like, we're going to get in the gym or we're going to do the warrior drills. Yep. And it was like
1: – I'll send you cardio. that stuff, Marcus. You'll love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 It, was, it was like – it was cardio, shooting, and like – and we, put, we, worked out, we worked out in the, in the small, hot gym. Uh, about We had, like, the big, nice gym. And then we had, like, the, the Indiana Hoosier small gym you know, with no AC and no fans. Mm-hmm. And we would go in there, and this guy would put me to work. Um, you know, as a, you know I, after my high school career, I think that's when I, I – I, I didn't think I was going to play beyond high school. And then uh, after my high school career, I was like, you know what? I, I need to work out. And he would come by the house and pick me up, and we'd go to the. He had he was coaching at the high school at that time, so he had the key he's to the girls. girls. Yeah, yeah, he was coaching the girls, so he had the key to the gym, and he'd put me in there, and he'd put me through like a hour and a half workout, and I just you know at that time I could go that far that, and then he'd be like, all right, and he'd be rebounding for me or whatever, and he'd be like, all right, cool, let's go one on one, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh. so he's off, not fresh, but. Man, he put me through a killer workout, and I was just like. we go, uh, and we go full court one-on-one. Uh, yeah.
0: Great. That's that's That's, that's, that's
2: old school, bro. That so <laughs> I was, I was old school. I, I've known Al uh, my entire life, and I think he, he's the one, whenever I I decided to, that I wanted to really get down and play uh, college basketball, you know, I I asked Al, and he put me through the workouts, and I those workouts are still good. I, I ended up coaching in Mexico, and... Um, you know, a couple of the players would be like, hey, coach, I need to do a workout. I need to get back in shape. Like, I haven't played in a game. Or, you know, I'm like, you want to work? Or I do like preseason. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then they'd be like, you know, like the first five or six shots, you know, you're like, oh, that's cool. But it's like, you have to reach a certain number and then you're, you got to like reset it. And you got, you know, so you're constantly moving. So the players would be like, oh, bro, okay, you need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's funny you said, Jim. Oh. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I had my assistant coach. He's from Indiana, right on the border oh, near nice. Illinois. So his, his dad coached uh, 44 years at, a, at East Chicago High School. And uh, so I paired him up with uh, San Antonio's all-time leading wins leader, right, from here in town. So they don't know each other, but they're just talking hoops. And this guy's like, I remember one time I went up to Indiana, Knightsville, went to the Hoosiers gym, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And then, and then my guy's dad was like, oh, I used to play there back in the day. I played there a couple of times, and my mind was just, like, blown. Yeah,
2: yeah. I actually, I actually watched that episode, and you put the little clip on the side. the side. Oh, yeah. Like, and you inserted it, and I was like, that's exactly the small gym. Like, that was, that's what our small gym looked like. So, that was cool. I, I, I saw that episode.
1: And I, I remember I was fired up to work ball because I was, I was like, I had coached two years of freshman ball at Buena Park, and then I think I had coached maybe two years, um, girls. So I was like, I'll work you, Z. You're six 6'6", big old, dude. yeah, let's go, let's get in the gym. Yeah. You
0: know, you kind of started, but, but talk to me about the journey. You know, uh, you started
1: off as a freshman coach, and, and, and up until this point, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I was a freshman coach at Buena Park, and um, man, that might have been one of the greatest years in Buena Park history. We won. We won the league, all three levels. Um, the, the varsity squad was tough. I mean, it was, it was so much fun. Uh, so, so, you know, it's funny cause um, I've, I've listened to all of these podcasts and I heard your podcast and you talked about um, Latino hoops, you know, playing in tournaments, stuff like that. Cause I got into playing in, in tournaments a lot later because right after I stopped playing, I was like all in with coaching. You know, I was I wanted to learn everything, and, and you know, I had friends going to tournaments and stuff like that, and I'm like, nah, I'm practicing, or I'm, you know, going to coach or, or whatever. But, yeah, I was at, at Buena Park for a couple of years, and then Robert's brother got the head coaching job uh, for the girls at Bell Gardens High School, which is uh, our alma mater, and he asked me, he's like, hey, come down, you know, you want to be my assistant? And I'm like, well, level. I'm, we're like, I'm like 22, something like that. he's like varsity and I'm like yeah let's go yeah so uh we coached together um I don't know 10 years something like that and at at the beginning uh, we were terrible I mean it was it was you know it was even our entire time there girls basketball didn't have a lot of support uh, but we were all in man so we were there together for for a few years and towards the end we we had a a really good run of, of some really tough teams that, that probably had a chance to to win some uh, to win a CIF championship, uh, a section title. Uh, mm-hmm. If we would have got a couple of breaks, um, uh, and then uh, I left the girls' program and became an assistant with the boys' program for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when uh, Robert's brother Carlos uh, retired from coaching. He became an administrator, a school administrator which is what he's been doing ever since. Um, And I came back to the girls and was the head coach for a year. And then went back to the boys in 2007 uh, to be the the head coach there. Uh, I was there until 2016, I think. And then uh, now I'm here at Charter Oak, uh, which is where I live. and, and it's been a great move. It's, uh, Bell Gardens, especially in the late '90s, maybe even later than that. Uh, '80s, '90s. I mean, we had some big kids that would come through, like Robert. You know, we always had, you know, some big men, six, 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 seven, six, six seven guys who could play. Um, by the time I took over, my first year, I had a six ten kid. Uh, after that, I never had anybody bigger than like six one. I mean, we were tiny little guards who could shoot it. It was fun. And we had some great, great little little guards. Um, but uh, just small, you know, just small little guys. And one, you had a coach on uh, a few weeks ago that was talking about, you know, little guards that can handle and shoot the ball. And that's what we did, man. We shot the three, and, and we pressed the hell out of people. And, and it was fun. Uh, but now at Tartaroka, you know, I'm coaching a little bit more of a – of a traditional kind of team, you know, I got some, some, some decent size and some better athletes. And so it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. It's been, I've been doing it for 30 years and, uh, I still have a good time.
2: Yeah. And just to kind of chime in, uh, before, um, and Bell Gardens, I think, uh, in all the years that we were there, uh, cause I would, I would help out a little bit, um, you know, the basketball camps or whatever. And, uh, it's, there's not a lot of, uh, like, a youth – like, there's not, like, a lot of grassroots in the Latino community as far as youth basketball. There is, like I told you, I, the park's in wreck, but it's just, like, the guy's working at the park, and if they know who, then you're just kind of got fortunate to get some good basketball uh, training, you know?
0: <laughs> you're out of luck, right? Eh?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so as far as that's concerned, you know, it's, it's almost like, in, in some cases, in certain years, it's, it was every year's a rebuilding year. You know, it's, it's like whatever you have as your freshman. And it's just like it's important for those, those lower levels to, to kind of build and grow. And I and, um, was mentioning uh, he did that girls season one year, right, and his transition. Um, and he hits me up and he's like, hey, uh, I need you to coach uh, one year for me. And I'm like, well, what's up? And he's like, yeah, I need, I need you to be my assistant um, on the girls basketball team. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. Like, I, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. It's a lot of work. And, it, and he's like, dude, we're just going to coach it. It's basketball. And, the, and it's not girls basketball. It's basketball. You know, we're, we're coaching. And, you know, we had gone to um, – he had mentioned it earlier um, that we used to go to the Las Vegas uh, Nike basketball clinics. I don't know if you've ever been, Marcus, but those are, those are really good. Those are amazing. Anyone that's a Nike coach was there. And they do like, it's like three, four days. It's, uh, uh, what was it, Mother's Day weekend and the one in Vegas. But they're, they used to have them all over the country. But we would go to the one in Vegas because we drive over and get a hotel, you know, um, you know, play a little gamble and then go take some notes in the gym. And they would do it like the, at the Orleans and they would have a full court, uh, they would have like college, uh, like a college team, like Concordia or whoever, like NAIA the, team, hey, NAIA whoever the NAIA team uh, was in California or whatever, or whatever country, where part of the country they're from, and the coaches would put them through workouts. By like day three, it's like one team. Yeah. And by like day three, like, yeah. you got like Perry, yeah. like, all right, we're going to do our full court press. And he's making them go like, and we've been watching this kid like get, dog, like for three days, and Calipari's like ripping. i like, "What? Why are you tired for?" Like, and he just like literally like flew in, probably you know. So it was it was cool. Like we'd have uh, Bobby Knight. I don't know the coaches. Uh, Bobby Knight, John Thompson, um, you know, Tarcanian, right. right. anyone right. that was See, Nike Coach was K,
1: Coach K, Calipari. We yeah. seen everybody.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody. So so he told so Al back to the what I was saying. Al hit me up and was like, "Look, one year," and I go, "Look, I'm gonna guarantee you one year." Cause we were kind of like banking on the fact that like he was going to get the boys job, you know, cause the head coach was You're like, hoping. Uh, You're hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were hoping, you know? So, so I was like, all right, cool. So we coached the girls and then the following year he ended up getting the gig. And then we coached together. Um, we coached together at the boys program. And during that time, uh, kind of going into my journey uh, during that time, I was running a lot of men's tournaments. I was running a lot of uh, Latino men's basketball tournaments and a lot of my, my, the guys, that were playing in my league were ex-Juco guys from the, the Southeast Los Angeles. Um, and it was high level basketball at the rec league, you know, uh, rec level. But I would host tournaments in Mexico and I was doing other things. And um, at the time, Lorenzo Mata, uh, he, played at, he played four years at UCLA. He was from our area. Um, I became real good friends with him and um, he was signing his contract. Um, and right at the end of his senior year he was like so i was with them and i got to know the owner uh, of the professional team and he's like hey well what do you do and i was like well, i coach i co- coach at this high school you know i work at a school you know this and that and he's like oh have you ever you ever thought about coaching have you ever thought about like and i was like yeah it's like i enjoy it like i i'm a p.e. major like i you know i, this, I enjoy doing this oh, okay so he just kind of dropped the seed and you know probably like seven months later um he gave me an opportunity to coach in Mexico. Uh, and I and I was over there. And uh, I mentioned it in one of my podcasts, but, you know, it was one of those things where it was like right place, right time. And, you know, at the time, there was like the recession and stuff like that. So I had technically lost my job and at, 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 at teaching because they were doing a bunch of budget cuts in California. And it was just one of those things where the opportunity came up and, and I ended up uh, taking off um, to go coach in Mexico, um, no head coaching experience ever. Uh, I had played ball. I, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, "All right, cool." Like I'm, um, you know, uh, uh, fly the plane and build it at the same time. You know, I think we've all been in those situations where, where you know you can do the job. It's just a matter of like, you know, fake it till you make it, and, and you figure it out.
1: At, at, at that point, um, I hadn't done any social media. It was like 2000. 2000- Six, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. something like that. And I remember talking to Bob, and he's like, "Get a Facebook fool. We'll talk on Facebook." Do <laughs> you remember
2: that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was so we, before the before I left. Like the week I was leaving, I was like, <laughs> "Everyone needs to get a Facebook because I can't get a hold of anybody <laughs> any other way." I like, can. That's that's the way I we uh,
0: communicated. So also, go ahead. Uh, um,
1: not every night, but quite often we'd be on Facebook, like it's dark or it's late. My wife's like, let's go to bed, let's go to bed. And this fool and I are chatting back and forth basketball, like, hey, fool, we're playing this team. They do this, they do that. We're, we're just talking hoops on, on Facebook.
2: And, and we were running, um, you know, a lot of the, the stuff, um, like in the, the, the stuff that we ran in high school because we were running and we were pushing the ball and we were, you know, our system break. Um, so we kept it really like flowy and, and the players liked it. Um, and then I, I, I got a couple coaches. I, I, I coached underneath the Argentinian coach um, and another guy that, that was um, from Venezuela. And both of those guys, you know those are, those are FIBA, and I learned a lot of, lot of basketball. Uh, from those guys. You know, they play a different system. They love practicing. Like, the players over there weren't used to practicing the way, you know, the international guys were. So um, our practices were real meticulous. We would run over the offenses a lot, you know. um, And I learned a lot of the stuff. And like Al said, we'd be like, hey, look, this is what we're running. I think the kids can run this in high school. So, I, you know, I I don't know. I forgot what the program was at the time. But we would draw – the, fast you off. know, I'm fast draw, we would draw our, our plays. Playbook's
3: and, would, full of stuff.
2: and and we would share our um, our playbooks. So then I'm like, you know, so if I needed like an out of bounds play, we just had all our out of bound plays in, in one file. If we wanted to run some stuff for the bigs, we wanted to run run a play for the three. So we were just kind of sharing back and forth. So it was that was like for me, like I've never done basketball in that way ever like when I came back home, I was like, like, you realize that's why they're pros, you know? And that's why they, they, you know, obviously, you know, Marcus, you know, like you're, you're probably teaching a class, thinking about your game at seven, you know, or whatever time your game is <coughs> and, and over here, it's like, this is my, this is my job and I'm doing this round the clock, you know? So I'm, I'm breaking down video, I'm scouting, I'm doing all these other things. um." You know, talking to the head coach, having meetings, having pre-practice, what the practice plans are going to be. And, you know, these are things that we did. Al ran a great program uh, in high school, so I learned a lot of these things um, through him. But it just became like like tenfold, you know. It just became like way more intense. And um, my, first, my first stint in Mexico uh, was in the Ciba Copa, which is a small uh, regional uh, division. And we made it to the finals there. we made it to the championship there, and then the second year uh, the second season uh, I made it to the to the national league, which was like uh, across the country and i was I started off as the uh, as the uh, like the video guy, the video coordinator guy and breakdown game tape stuff like that and um, like heading into like the quarterfinals, um, our head coach got canned like in the middle of the season and you know, so the owner was upset at him, you know, he wasn't feeling it and the fans were upset at him and the head coach got, got canned and the first assistant became the second assistant, so on and so forth. I became the, the I, be, I went from the, the video guy to being on the bench on a championship run and we ended up winning the national championship um, in Mexico um, in 2010. So, it was good. It was uh, in Veracruz uh, University of Veracruz Halaba, uh, in the, in the LNBP. So that was, um, that was like an amazing journey. And after that, uh, wheels kind of fell off on a couple different, uh, negotiating contracts. Uh, <laughs> and then, then after that, you know, you start, you just start chasing it and, you know, you kind of get brought back to reality. But those first two seasons were, you know, you're on cloud nine, you know, thinking you're going to be in the championship every year.
0: <laughs> what were some of the differences in like, uh, teaching those guys at the pro level and then teaching the high school kids? You know what's funny is at first I was
2: really intimidated. Like, you know, like I told you, I I I knew basketball very superficially, you know. I knew the game. I, I understood the game. Um, and like Al said, you know, our best player was a 6'3 host, you know, or a, a, a 5'11 shooting guard. And now I'm in Mexico, and everyone's six seven across the board. You know, uh, our guards are six two, six three. We got our, we got like three seven footers. You know, so I was like, I didn't, you know, but then when you get immersed in it, it's basketball. At the end of the day, it's basketball. And when we were making those runs, you know, I was working with the bigs, and I was doing certain things uh, with them. And you know, it's just the skill level; they just make everything. You know, um, I had this one guy, his name is uh, Victor Mariscal. He played on the national team for, like, a ton of years, you know. And um, I was rebounding for him. And he played on the Mexico team that played against, like, Kobe uh, in Vegas a couple of years ago when Mex- Mexico played Kobe. And, you know, he had been on in the national team. He was, like, the vet on our team. And then he was like, hey, uh, do me a favor. Come and rebound for me. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, you know I've rebounded for high school kids forever, you know. And uh, he's like, all right, uh, I'm about to make 50. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he starts making, you know, ten, uh, five, five spots, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. He wants to make 50. And he starts shooting on the first spot and knocks him down. Boom. I'm like, all right, cool. Goes to the second spot, makes two, misses that next one. And he goes back to square one. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, no, no, I want to make 50 in a row. And I'm like, 50 in a row? What? And I was thinking in my head, like we're gonna be here all day. I mean, you know, I wasn't used to that that level of, of play. He he probably missed. I don't think he missed, but I, just to kind of be fair to him, he might have missed one. We came back, and then he went fifty across the board. Yeah. <laughs> and then another thing is, um, you know, they're, they're players, they're a former high school, you know, and their high school or their college. So I thought like motivating them would be different or difficult, you know, cause they're getting paid. Like you, you, you kind of think about it, like you're supposed to be motivated, you know, but in reality, you know, they have the same, you know, different things. They're upset at the coaches or they're upset at their playing time or how they played or whatever. So I would do, uh, when I would do scouting tapes every once in a while I get bored and I'd make like a little, like a little mixtape, you know, and I'd, and I'd give a player, like, a mixtape of his, like, highlights. And I'd put, like, music in the background. And they'd be like, oh, this is sweet, you know. And then they'd put it on their on their YouTube channel. And going into the finals, um, going into the finals, we were down 0-2 uh, in the finals. And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me see if this works, you know. So I, we, were in, we were down 0-2 in the semifinals. And um, at the time the coach got fired, and we're out. They were like, "All right, you're traveling," and, and the players were like, kind of making fun of me. They're like, "Oh man, you're a tourist now because I have my little camera, you know, I have my little camcorder," and I was recording everything. And they're like, "Oh, you're being a tourist. You're being a tourist, you know," because you know, and, and no one thought we were going to win. But me being new on the on the coaching staff, now that I'm on the bench, I was like, you know what, we have nothing to lose, so we went to dinner uh, with Ray Castillo. Um, uh, one of your Texas guys and, we're, and I recorded myself like almost did like a selfie and I was like oh, we're down 0-2 but we're still going to win this you know and I recorded myself doing that kind of kept that in the, in, the, in the vault and we made it down from 0-2 to a game 7 and before the game started I kind of documented and I put it into like a little a little thing um, and I played it to the players before our game and I ended it with that, you know, I ended it with like, oh, we're down 0-2, but we're still going to win. And the guys were fired up. They're like, hey, you know what? You believed in us, you know, you believed in us. And the thing is, it was, it was, it was the guys believed in themselves, you know. They, they, they kind of were in that position where it's like no one expects us to win. So it's 12 players, the coaching staff, and, you know, the owners kind of gave up because they, they fired the coach. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I was just like, you know, it was us against the world, and and we ended up winning that series. And then the following series, uh, we ended up uh, winning 4-1 to win the win the championship. But, you know, uh, the difference is there is no difference. You know, it's just the guys, are they make more shots. You know, they're bigger, they're stronger. But as far as basketball-wise, if you're teaching basketball and you know basketball, you know, you can teach a- any type of player, any type of level. And I think Al um, – I think, Al, you, you, would, you would do that, too. Back in the day, I, I was thinking about um, your Snow Valley days when you were, when you were coaching. Um, and you were talking about, like, him working guys out and, you know, uh, who was the guy? Brent Barry, You know, you were working out with Brent Barry and, and Snow Valley and
1: he'd have NBA players, and I was not. For sure. It, it's, it all comes down to, I mean, whether you're coaching high school kids, college kids, or, or pros. I mean, I'm sure you've had kids in your program that just aren't coachable, you know? And, and there's pros that aren't coachable either. But the, the ones that are coachable, they'll let you coach them. You just got to coach them like you coach anybody else, basketball.
3: Yeah, you got to coach them hard. You just got to yeah. coach
1: them
2: hard. They want they to get pushed. They want to learn something new. Um, and they want to be challenged, you know? So, you know, you can rebound for them or whatever. But if you put them through a little workout, two ball – two ball dribbling and with a shot or whatever. And they'd be like, okay, this is different, you know, and then they start challenging them and you start putting them.
1: I worked out Brent Barry before uh, before his rookie year. And I can't remember his name, but the the coach who developed the warrior drills for Chris Mullen asked me to work out Brent Barry. He's like, Hey, you want to work out Brent? I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you want me to do? He's like, do the warrior drills. All right. And, uh, you know, there's, there's drills where you are you you know, got to do a layup, you got to do a pull-up jump shot, you got to hit a three, whatever. And, and I'm like, all right, how much time you got? He's like, 45 minutes, let's go. I'm like, all right, we'll start with a little warm-up a layup drill where you got to make like 12 layups in a certain amount of time. And he's like, yeah, let's go. So I talk, told him what to do, and he's dunking the hell out of everything. I, re- I watched him play in college a little bit, but I don't remember him being that kind of player. But he's just like everything, just hammering it. Twelve straight dunks, right? And it's like full court sprints, and he's hammering. I'm like, "Holy crap, this guy's a stud!" That was like my first real experience. That's probably why why Robert brought it up because that was really my first experience with an NBA level uh, athlete. And and I I mean, he's he's a good player, but that you know, his six seven and the athleticism, it's just like it was next level, you know. And 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 uh, but he was a great guy. He's a great guy. just talk really briefly about maybe
0: an impactful moment in your career where you realize, you know, this coaching is great. Uh, wins and losses are wonderful. Uh, but just when you realize it, it goes much deeper than the game itself.
1: Uh, I, I remember that moment like it was yesterday, and it was quite a, quite a ways ago. Uh, I must have been about, I don't know, 25, 26. I already been coaching about five years or so. Uh, and I was in Vegas at a coach's clinic um, and I got an opportunity to sit with uh, coach K nice. and I'm fired up. You know, I'm like, I'm ready. Like, all right, teach me your defense. What are you running off? You know, I'm, I'm I want to draw stuff up on a whiteboard. Yeah. Right. And I, and I sit down with him and he, and he, and before I get to ask him anything, he asks me, you know, we shake hands and introduce each other and whatever. And he asked me, he's like, Hey coach, you know how you doing? You know, good. He goes, "Uh, "Do you love your players?" And it kind of shocked me, like, "Huh?" Yeah. He goes, "Do you love your players?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I do." And he's like, "Uh, "Do they know that? How do they know that?" And it just kind of like hit me in the face, like, "Damn!" Because especially early in my career, I, I, I was a tough guy. You know, I was I was a guy. You know, my, my heroes in coaching were guys like Bobby Knight. Yeah. You know? And, and when Coach K said that to me, you know, players kind of started going through my mind. Like, like, I knew I would push kids because I wanted the best out of them. But I didn't always see, like, how they were viewing it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, like maybe they were thinking, Coach hates me.
3: Yeah.
1: So, so from that moment on, I remember thinking to myself, I got to make sure my kids know you know, how much I care about him, And it, it completely transformed uh, who, I, who, I, who I was as a coach. That's uh, powerful. like a five-minute five conversation.
2: <laughs> so, uh, for me, I think uh, I'm starting to realize um, something that was told to me probably when I was uh, maybe like 20. Um, I was at East L.A. College and I wanted to go to the Tommy Nunez tournament and I had class that Friday. And um, I was playing with East LA at the time. And uh, I told Sal, hey man, I'm not gonna be able to go. I got class and I got practice. And our coach was like, nah, you, five games in a weekend, you, you're gonna hurt yourself, you know? And uh, so I told him, hey bro, I'm not gonna be able to go. And he goes, you know what? I got you a flight, you know, I'll get you a flight. And I was like, "Hey, I, I don't have no money. And he's like, look, just how much can you get? I was like, I'll get 20 bucks. You know, and I was like, he's like, all right, cool. You have money for food for like a weekend, you know, four day weekend. I got 20 bucks and he flies me out. The guys, the guys picked me up at the airport. I felt like a rock star and um, all weekend long. I was like, Hey Sal, here's uh, here's the 20 bucks. And he's like, no, they keep it. So we go eat and he's like, Hey, what do you, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I got 20 bucks. And you know, he's like, no, no, keep it. Like, I got it. Like, you know, and and it was one of those things where at the end of the weekend I I still had my twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, the guys took care of me. Um, I flew back home over the weekend, and and I was like, hey man, how am I gonna repay you? Like, thank you. And he's like, look, when you get older, um, do this for somebody else. Like, I want you to kind of help someone else. That's that that can that you feel that that that's gonna do something. And I've always held that, and I've always held that story, and I tell Sal uh, some. He, he's South Deanda, and I tell him that every time I see him, I'm like, hey, bro, thank you. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. And every every so often, you know, you see a kid, like an Arsenio, I think we flew him out uh, one time, or even just, like, when I host tournaments, you know, I reach out to the kids and be like, what do you guys need? Like, you know, or, like, even by doing my podcast. Like, my podcast is an extension of that $20 bill that I'm still repaying back, you know, of, like, the fact of, like, like, I'm sharing their stories. So yeah. then that way their stories can imp- impact someone else, yeah. you know. And I think we've all, we've all gone through the struggles. We've all gone through um, learning, learning moments of basketball. Basketball has taught us a lot, you know. And I think with us three here, like, we've impacted a bunch of younger us's, yeah. you know, as far as, like, right. coaches. And I think, I think you guys do that. I mean, I'm not in the coaching ranks anymore. But I, I still view that as, like, as, as a basketball still, for me, an opportunity to give back um, to, to – you, you,
1: you, you always say that, he, You always say – he always says that he's not a coach. And everywhere I see him, like, five guys come up to him and say, hey, what's up, coach? <laughs> but I don't see
2: it as, like, you know, I, I guess maybe it's, like, I don't see it as, like, a full-time coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I do so many – you know uh, – Master of all, uh, what is it? A uh, jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's that's me right now, and I think um, I'm still learning. You know, obviously, uh, and I think I think the more the more I mature, uh, the more I realize, like it. You know, I, I think it's it's just it's that opportunity to give back to somebody, and then you know, I, I hear it like like Al said at the end of every podcast, they're like they thank me. For for bringing them on, so then that way they can share their story because we don't have that, you know. It's all it's all it's all folklore, you know. Like all the stories that you heard, you you got to go to that person to hear that story. Now you can share it and send a person a link and be like, hey, this is a good story. This is a, this coach in LA, and you know he did this and this and this. You know, so.
0: Well, well, I'll tell you what. For all the kids that you coach, you're gonna always be Coach Z, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know what we're gonna change for sure. What uh? I know we're kind of talking about it now, but but name some other guys, some of the best players that you've ever coached yourself at any level. It could be the pros, Rob, or the high school level. Just uh, name some guys that come to mind.
2: I mean, I I pretty much – the the team that won the Pan Am Games, uh, the gold medal in Mexico, that was pretty much my team in in Veracruz. Um, I was fortunate to have uh, Orlando Mendez Valdez. Um, He's from Texas. He was there my rookie year. Um, Lorenzo Mata, he was at UCLA. He had, um, three final fours in a row. He was teammates with, uh, Russell Westbrook and, uh, Kevin Love those years. Um, and then, you know, I had probably like some of the Mexican, um, like national players like Victor Avila. I, I had a chance to coach him. He played with, uh, Eduardo Najera, um, and coaching against, uh, one of the guys was uh, Robert Tractor Trailer. Um, he was like, uh, I think he, I want to say he passed away uh, in Puerto Rico, like a year or two after I coached him. But I was, I was in between jobs at the time, and I went back to Jalapa, and um, I, I was kind of volunteering my time uh, in Jalapa, and they were in the FIBA tournament, and Robert Tractor Trailer was, uh, you know. Big dude, you know, a real cool guy. And he's working out. And um, we got practice. And they're running through sets. And, you know, they walk through or whatever. And he's got a toothpick in his mouth, you know. And I was like, hey, uh, hey, track, you know, um, you got a toothpick. Oh, no, no, that's my style. That's my style, you know. And, he, (laughs) you know, he just had a toothpick in his mouth. But, um, you know, and you look at him and you're like, man, this guy's big and he's strong. And, you know, he's kind of like finessing it, you know, around the rim. And you know you're like oh, okay, it's good. You know it's good, comparable to the other guys. And then they played against uh, Mexicali Solis, and and they're they're hammering him, bro. They were they were just like not lit, and he got mad at the refs.
3: Yeah.
2: And for like four minutes, bro. That's when you understood why he played in the NBA was a lottery pick, because yeah. this guy was just drop step dunking. Like, I mean, he was the Mexican version of Robert Traylor, but like Shaq, he was just like, and those rims over there, like they're shaking and we're already back on defense. And you're like hoping they stop shaking <laughs> by the time we come back. And he had about four minutes of just that where he just tore the rim down. And I was like, okay, like, like that's, that's next level. So, so I, I, I was very fortunate to like coach uh, a lot of the, you know, Perry Mesa and Ray Castillo also was out there. Um, you know, there, there's there's quite a few, and um, you know, it was fun. It was it was fun.
1: I should have gone first because he coached pros, man. I coached little Ow. little Latino guards. <laughs> you know, I coached a, I, I coached a, a a bunch of little Latino guards, little tough guys. You know, guys with chips on their shoulders that uh, you know, they they had a crossover and a three point shot. You know, just little tough dudes. Um, I got a couple of guards right now. It's it's funny because uh. uh you know, I was at Bell Gardens for such a long time uh, these two guys over here, two, uh, two Asian guys, actually, really skilled guys. Uh, this guy over here is a 6'4 guard. Yeah. The guy above him is about six feet, 6'1. Uh, Andrew Bongo and Jay Gonzalez, just skilled, uh, athletic, quick. Uh, Andrew's probably the most fundamentally sound kid uh, I've ever coached. Uh, so I'm excited for him. He's really working on his body. Uh, but he can play, man. He can play. So he's really working on his body, trying to get himself, you know, ready for the next level. Uh, but, yeah, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good guards. I've coached a lot of good guards. Z was one of the best players I've ever coached. I
2: was, I was about to say, uh, you coach – did you coach Richard Lopez too? No,
1: nah, I helped him out a little bit. I, I, would, I can't take credit for coaching him, but I, I put him through some workouts here and there. Uh, Richard, Richard Lopez, uh, I don't know if you know who that is. He played. Uh, he played in Mexico for a long. He played in Cal Baptist as well. Um, he, he Not the
2: Division a- One Cal Baptist, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he was an all-star in Mexico for a while. Uh, but Richard, Richard, uh, he worked in, in, on his own game. He he was a workhorse man. He transformed his. He was he was a, a five man in high school, maybe six three, six four, something like that. And uh, in college, he was a two guard, you know, and he completely transformed his body and his game. And I can't take any credit for that. That kid was a workhorse. And that, that's, know, that's what it is. Yeah.
2: But I think that's what it is, too, is, is um, you know, sometimes uh, the players develop after. Um, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the players from Bell Gardens uh, developed after um, their high school days. You know, because you get, you get not pigeonholed, but, you know, you get placed in a position or your league's not as strong, and you get overlooked. You know, like Al said, you know, you got players uh, going to other gyms and they don't go to the Bell Garden gym. So um, East L.A. College was um, one of the places um, that really nurtured a lot of the Latino players in our area. Um, and a lot of players grew there in that area. Uh, from Bell Gardens, you know, uh, Danny Rosales, he ended up being a NAIA, uh, I want to say All-American, Richard Lopez. He was at Val Gardens. He ended up flourishing after um, playing professionally in Mexico. Arsenio Ramirez, uh, also another uh, player that flourished. Uh, you know, Arsenio is a, a great story because he transferred to a four-year. Um, and he was one of your players, Al. So you can take credit for Arsenio. But yeah. Arsenio, played, Arsenio played four um, – he transferred. And uh, after high school, he went to a four-year university. And he still had the itch to play. Um, and I, maybe you want to tell that story out,
1: five, five, seven guard, yeah. <laughs> five, seven guard who averaged about 28 a game a senior year for me and uh, great student, just a workhorse. Uh, his junior year, uh, I wasn't the coach. Uh, actually I was an assistant for his senior year, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, the head coach, um, he let me run a lot of the stuff and, and we ran a lot of my, 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 my offensive stuff. Um, but his, his junior year, he scored about 12 a game. And then his senior game, he, he – I mean, he was a workhorse. He did everything I asked him to do. and He uh, more than doubled his, his scoring output. Um, great student. He was going to – you Fullerton, everyone? Fullerton. Kelsey Fullerton. Um, and he was playing on our men's, men's league team. You know, and, and we had some – we had some characters. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We had some characters on that team and uh i remember sitting with him on the bench and he's looking at me like uh coach uh this is like his freshman year in college he's like coach uh i think i'm gonna play ball i'm like college ball he's like yeah i'm like all right well you need to stop hanging around with all these knuckleheads and and get serious and and uh i think he actually he had like a 4.0 at Kelsey fullerton and he uh and i told him i go if you're serious you need to drop out, like, right now to stop your clock. Yeah. And he did. He, he dropped out, and he went straight to, uh, to junior college. Uh, he went to the junior college and uh, talked to the coach, and the coach basically told him, I really don't have room for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arsenio comes to me and says, what do I do? And I'm like, he doesn't know you. He doesn't – I mean, this kid's a workhorse, one of the great, greatest – best personality, highest character people you would ever want to be around. And I just told Arsenio, look, he doesn't know you. Just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. Just keep showing up. So when the opportunity comes, you need to do something with that. And sure enough, you know, he's working out, working out, and guys start kind of, you know, failing classes and getting academically in trouble. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, Arsenio, you're not going to redshirt. You know, we're going to need you to play. Yeah. You know, he gets an opportunity in the game, comes in off the bench, and, uh, uh, you know, knocks down, like, five threes or something like that. And then the same thing happened to him. He transferred, He ended up being a really good player, uh, junior college. Uh, I think it was second team All-State or All-League or something like that. He did really well. And then he, he wanted to play at San Francisco State. And uh, I called the coach, and kind of the same thing. Like, I don't really have any room for him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look, I'm like, just don't make him walk on. Because I had some experience with uh, walking on and not making teams. So I was like, just don't make him walk on. I said, just give him a jersey. Let him practice. If he's not good enough, he's not good enough. But just give him a jersey and let him practice. He's like, all right, coach. So he shows up at San Francisco State in the fall. And, and the coach would rank guys every, after every week or, uh, of practice in the weight room, on the track, what they did in the, in the gym. Yeah, And every week, Arsenio's number one, number one, number one, number one, right? Basketball season comes up and the coach is like, look, you're going to get a uniform, but you're not going to play. I'm just letting you know, you earned a spot, you earned a spot on the team, but you're not going to play. And Arsenio's calling me like, coach, what do I do? I'm like, do the same thing you always did.
3: Yeah.
1: Just wait for that chance. Just wait for that chance. And sure enough, they're getting spanked in the game and... and uh, He's pissed off at everybody else, and he's like, Arsenio, get in the game. And uh, uh, he comes off the bench, and he knocked down a bunch of threes. And after that, they wouldn't get him off the court.
3: Yeah.
1: And I remember it was about two weeks later, you know, he's texting me and telling me, Coach, I'm playing, I'm doing this. He's, he's, he ended up starting, and we go up there for, for homecoming. And the, the Division Two league in California, they travel, like, on Thursdays, and then they play, like each school has like a, like a sister school. So you play one team Friday and you play another team Saturday. So I went up there for, for homecoming, and they had a game Friday night and Saturday night. And it's homecoming, the gym's packed, and, and this is my ex-player, and me and one of his teammates are there, uh, Muggsy, little Muggsy. And we're, you know, me and Muggsy go out to dinner, and we have a couple of beers and uh, uh, we're cheering in the bleachers like little girls. man, like, Arsenio! Because Arsenio's, like, knocking down three after three. And I remember these girls in their stand are coming up to us, and they're like, you know him? You know him? <laughs> I remember. And I remember, I remember telling Arsenio about that. He's like, really? Nobody talks to me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's a good dude. And, and uh, he's one of the guys uh, in, our, in our men's leagues. He scored uh, 108. Uh, in, in a in a game, you know. He was so, bucket. bucket. Yeah, I, I, I took him. I took him out with me. Uh, he he made. He had a short little stint uh, in Mexico. Maybe a couple games, you know, handful of games. But over there, it's a lot of politics. So you know, it was, a, it was tough for. He's it was
1: small. Tough. He's a small guard.
2: He just needed that time to figure it out, you know. But uh, over there, it's some time is money. Over there, yeah. and they ain't got a lot of, they ain't got a lot of money, so they ain't
0: got a lot of time that's <laughs> it's, it's a great story though I mean it's one of those perfect examples of uh you know just don't give them a reason to take you off the floor right
3: I mean, stay ready
0: and then when it's your chance don't you know give them a reason not to take you out of the game right I mean a lot of kids these days will complain or look for uh you know they'll, they'll deflect the blame somewhere else and, and you know that's a great story though about a kid that, that uh that stayed ready and made the most out of an opportunity that's awesome yeah I think I did that
2: um I was supposed to. Redshirt, I played three years college ball, and I was supposed to rush every every single one of them. You know, <laughs> and, uh, the, the first uh, my freshman year at East LA College, um, I'd be on the bench, and then the coach would be like, "Hey, we're you're you're not you're not gonna play," but you know, whatever. And like at the end of the game, they'd be like, "Hey, uh, so and so's in foul trouble," and uh, put in Zaragoza. And I'd be like, and I was like the guy that just like at the end of the bench, they call my name, and I was sprinting to the to the to the table, you know. I, I was that dude, you know, I was like, you know, uh lacking skill but effort, I'm gonna give it to you, you know? And uh I played like, you know, four or five minutes. Same thing. I, I was like, all right, You're you take
1: away one of your banners, Z. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> same thing. It's it's uh uh who who said it? Uh I forgot one of the guys on the podcast said uh like I just wanted to beat that guy uh on uh on that on that spot so the guy ahead of me was some guy named dale clark i remember him you know i was like every practice i'm going heads up with you and we're doing post work i want to go heads up with you and it was just like like my focus was dale clark dale clark and i wasn't playing i was in the mindset of like look this is my year to just get better one day he uh he no shows the practice and um they're just like you know what zaragoza you've been playing well and you know, they they inserted me into the starting lineup, like, out of necessity. You know, like Al said, at East L.A. College, you know, we got guys academically ineligible, like, three weeks in, you know, their financial aid don't go through, whatever the case may be, and we go from a roster of, like, 18 guys to, like, seven by the end of the season, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it was one of those uh, where they gave me the starting nod, and uh, you know, I had 18 and 10 uh, on that start, you know? And it was like, alright, cool, and for the rest of my Two years at, at East LA, I mean, I an average 18 and 10. I had a great game that day, but, um, but it kept me. I, I did well enough to, to start, um, you know, and we're playing against LA City, uh, and they got, you know, LA City at the time had, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the country. You know, they had uh, all their players went D1. Like, there was, there was a year where uh, the starting five, the sixth man, and a red shirt all went D1. Oh, wow. You know, and they, they didn't go, like, they went, to, they went to, like, all the Pac-10 schools, Someone went to Providence, and yeah. they're going all over the country, Texas Tech and stuff like that. So, you know, we played against some some really good competition in, in, in Juco those years. But, yeah, uh, same thing. You know, I, 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 I just worked hard, and, and that's, like, that was my thing. You know, I worked hard, and I, and I, I just earned every minute I, I had on the floor.
0: Let's get into a little bit of uh – no, The Latino tournaments out there on the West Coast. Now, what is it like out there? What are the Latino tournaments like out there? What's the scene look like? Uh, paint a picture for me. Well, I've
2: played in them since 17 years old, um, senior in high school, a uh, couple times with Al, a couple times. But as far as, like, the Latino scene, um, I talked to a couple guys from Arizona, and they're like, hey, it's different in Cali. And I'm like, well, why is it different? He goes, because you guys have a, more of a community. You know, um, East L.A. is all Latino and, you know, the, the surrounding areas, Bell Gardens and all the, the areas in L.A. in the east side, southeast side are predominantly Latino. So the thing is, it's, it's um, you have more more to choose from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you select teams in the Latino circuit, you know, you're like, for example, Sin Miedo, it's all guys from Bell area, you know, which is a small city uh, next to Bell Gardens. And all those guys played together and they grew up together and they would they would nurture each other through the circuit, you know, and, um, Joe, uh, Leon from Tierra del Sol says that in Arizona, it's not like that. You know, it's, it, it's not, it's not as conducive as like a community as far as basketball community. It's not, it's not embraced as much as it is now. I guess it is now, but there's, it's a lot more spread out in Arizona. So I think, um, you know, there, there's certain tournaments, um, there's, there's some big tournaments that they consider out here, the circuit. So the circuit is uh, L.A. Memorial, which was supposed to be um, this past weekend, and that's in L.A. every year. Um, and then there's the Las Vegas tournament, um, which is in August, and then there's um, the Tommy Nunez. So those three tournaments are what we consider uh, the circuit, you know, like the big three. And then there's a bunch of other tournaments that fall in in between those months you know, because there's like little weekends like I, I hosted tournaments uh, in Mexico, um, in Rosarito Beach, Mexico, and I always wedged those in between those. So a lot of the my tournaments were open tournaments, but a lot of the Latino teams would use those as like uh, like stay in shape yeah. tournaments. You're right. You ready? Know? So uh, you know, ever since like uh, what is it, '94? Since I've been in, we've been we've been hosting tournaments. John Guerrero, I think Tommy Nunez is hosting his 40th annual uh, this year. Uh, John Guerrero is supposed to do twenty-fifth annual Las Vegas this year. So the Latino circuit has been around, and you know, I know the guys from uh, from Texas and Zuniga and stuff like that. Um, you know, he has his cinco de mayo, and I know that one's. I I want to say it's it's definitely more than twenty-five, but it's not as many as forty. So it's right around those.
0: And it might be like thirty-two years or something
2: like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I'm, I'm aware of those guys, and and um, I host. um like my podcast and I've, I've, I had a website and my thing has always been promoting Latino basketball. Obviously, um, you know, I played, you know, we got stories like the ones Al's talking about of players that, you know, maybe didn't make it, didn't make the eye test, but they're good players and they're, they're capable of playing college basketball. Sure. So I think, um, the Latino tournaments for me was just a place to showcase your skill. You know, all those summers that I was, uh, working out with Al, you know, um, like, you know, maybe at the JUCO level, I wasn't able to flourish. But all the things that I worked on without, I was able to, like, put them into play against good talent, um, you know, in Delano, like in the middle of nowhere, you know. And, and you'd, you'd go out there and you'd be like, okay, like, I, I can play at this level. And, and, and you
1: were huge, Z. I mean, yeah. earlier we were talking about the, the, the gym, or having the keys to the gym. And I was thinking about it. You know, I don't know if you have a lot of travel ball in your in your area. You know, okay. kids, your kid, if your kids play a lot of travel ball, yep. but in the southeast area, the Latino kids there—they are not playing no travel ball. But I was an assistant coach to his brother, and then I was an assistant boys coach. And uh, but I had keys to the gym, so me and Z were we're organizing. We did camps, we did kids leagues, we everything we everything we did for the kids that uh, were always free. Right, we had all these. Right. All these different things. It's funny because I forgot all about that stuff. We did that stuff for years, Z. Yeah. Uh, Kids clinics and camps, and then and then we would we would do. Well, Z would organize it all. But we had men's leagues, and he had like different divisions. Oh Uh, yeah. And 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 his leagues, you know, we'd make little money, and he'd donate money to the program. That would help. You know, my my thing was always like, hey, I coach in the hood, but I don't want my kids to feel like you know when we go, we I wanted to play in big events. And yeah. I didn't want my kids to feel like, like they were lacking. Yeah, for sure. But, but to, to run a program, you know, to, to be competitive at that level, you need money. You know, and, and these leagues and these, these tournaments were huge on, on helping, uh, uh, you know, support our, our program. Yeah. You know, and these leagues, these leagues that we were hosting in our gym were top-notch. I mean, they were, we had ballers in that gym all the time. I would send my players just to go watch games because, you know, there was ballers in that gym all the time. High-level well, basketball Tuesday, Thursday night, you know?
2: And the thing is, too, is um, I, 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 you got me remembering. Um, we would have games 6, 7, 8, and 9 o'clock, right? Yeah. So, and the thing is, um, the 6 o'clock game, I had Al's team, his varsity team, Oh, yeah. against the men's team.
3: Yeah.
2: So so the thing is, you know, sometimes the teams weren't full because the guys didn't get out of work or whatever, but they had five or ten, you know what I mean? But it was still good quality ball. I mean, not, not to undermine that the, that the teams weren't good or whatever. But the thing is, the the kids were, like, pressing. You know, like, they're doing, like – you know, in men's league, you ain't pressing. No. So Al, Al was running, and Al's, Al's uh, style of basketball was attack, shoot the three, um, make a bucket, and we're doing full court press. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, the men's leagues were like, okay, and you know, the kids would lose practically every game. But the thing is, it was it was not because they weren't, you know, putting in the effort. Like the men's leagues had to figure out, like, how do we how do we break a uh, break a press? You know,
0: it's yeah, been a few
1: years since we've done this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not, only, but not only that, I mean, the men were like, I mean. The boys were competing and they were they were playing hard and, and we had some, some good players, but they were still kids. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't want to be the men's team to lose to the kids.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? We we'd go like two and eight, but the yeah. two wins that we'd get, we get, you know, everybody would talk smack to that team that lost to, to us, right? Well, those two yeah.
0: probably weren't allowed back in the league.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it was just one of those things where where like we just we always found different ways to, to push the high school kids yeah. you know, as far as like, how can, what can we do? You know, We'd have them run the snack bar or we'd have them, you know, whatever. And, and anytime that someone of any notoriety within the Latino community was in the gym, we'd make sure we'd walk over to the kids and be like, hey, that's uh, Richard Lopez. He played two years junior college. He played at Cal Baptist, and he's currently playing pro. Yeah. Oh, that's Lorenzo Mata. He's at UCLA right now. And they'd be like, what? And they'd like go and sit next to him and be like, you know. And they'd like, hey, coach, what time does Lorenzo's team play today? And they'd be there like for the eight, you know, they'd play at six or whatever. And they'd, they'd oh, he plays at nine. All oh, right, I got to ask my mom, like, if I could stay in the gym, you know? And they'd come and they'd sit in there and wait. And it was just one of those things where it's just like, you know, um, it's we a talk good about
3: time, it all the time. We good times. We, we talk about time. it all
2: the time, you know, like, you want to see someone ahead of you. You know, to like a role model, you know, um, and, and having those dudes—they're—they're they're great guys. To top it off, you know, um, the kids would play hard, and they'd be like, "Hey, you know," they'd give them dap, and they'd be like, "Hey, good game, man! You you hit that three, oh, you got me, or, or whatever." And the kids would be pumped up because even during like the free throw line, the, the the players would like give them tips, like, "Hey, make sure you step in right here. Don't let me get the rebound for you." Yeah, you know, so,
3: you're,
2: so 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 yeah, the the teams are coaching the high school kids in the game yeah as well as like beating them but but it was like that in game experience where you could see like oh this little kid got a, got, got potential let me let me let me give him some tips or they'd walk over hey coach can I talk to your guys you know and they they'd bring the like we would do a huddle after the game and some of the guys would be like hey man you guys are good like stay at it and blah 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 and, you know make sure you know whatever like they'd give them tips and i was always good you know so
0: yeah I just, we don't uh, – like, I can't really host leagues or anything, but what I try to do in my gym uh, where I work is, uh, is just bring guys in, right? Mm-hmm. Just bring them in, have them work out, open gym, uh, or I'll host some open gym with a bunch of dudes around the area that, that can really go, some NBA guys, some college guys, some overseas guys, some guys uh, – you know, Orlando come, hop on the shooting machine, and uh, and just expose the kids to that stuff. Just, you know – just to get them around it, because they they may not have that opportunity, you know. Otherwise, and so, you know, I remember I introduced Orlando to one of I have, I have a he's going to be a senior that uh, he was six five and we left. They said he's grown. I hope I hope so. Uh, but he's a guard, wing guard. He could play him and uh, and I have a you talk about a bunch of little five seven Hispanics. I mean, that's what most of our teams at my school are made up of. For the most part, got this little guard it's mean, super quick and shoot from anywhere. I mean. Uh, real mean and feisty. He just, you know, he's tough. Um, And they look at Orlando and, and, uh, what, he's maybe six foot, maybe? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's the guy? I was like, that's the guy. I mean, he played down in Mexico, went to Western Kentucky, had a heck of a career, you know, on a national team, played against, you know, Derrick Rose and Steph Curry and these guys in the the World Games or whatever. And, you know, but just for them to see that and be around it and to be exposed to it, I think it's important for them. and it just makes him feel good, you
2: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, Orlando was, he's got to be up there as far as like the best players that have coached, um, just his career wise and just, uh, you know, he'll, that guy's got his head on a swivel. Like, you know, he's constantly like looking, his eyes are like like this all the time. and And he makes the right play. All the time, you know, he's got it. Never stops to dribble. Always IQ knows where where the next play is. I, I really had a good, good fun time coaching him because he made it so easy, and and he's such a great person to he's top like it a off. Guy, real humble, real laid back. Oh, humble guy, but you—he turns on a switch. Yeah. Um, we played in a FIBA tournament, and he he was all tournament, coming off the bench, yeah. and it was one of those things where. You know, he was a rookie, and he had a bunch of bets ahead of him. But that tournament, he just kind of flipped the switch. And, you know, he's played in, like you said, all these different tournaments and stuff like that.
0: Hey, going back to the, the West Coast Latino tournaments, I'll tell you that I went to that Vegas tournament last summer. That was the only time I've been to Vegas, to the Vegas tournament. And uh, it was fun. I mean, I had a blast. A uh, lot of lot of teams packed in that one hot gym. What, what's it called? Uh, uh, Jam on it. Jam on it, yeah. Had a hard time finding the door when I first got there, but uh, uh, it was it was a good time playing. In, I played in the open, and I also played in the thirty-five and up. Uh, so I, by the end of the weekend, it was like ten, eleven games in. I was just ready to hop on a plane back to Texas. I was <laughs> I was tired,
1: but it was good. Played in, the, in the I played in the thirty-five and over when I was forty-five. I'm fifty. Yeah. Uh, we did okay. I remember doing okay. But they had a 50 and over division as well. Yeah. And I remember seeing some buddies over there, like, playing in the championship game. And I'm like, you guys are in the final? I'm like, I should be playing with you guys. I need to run with you guys.
2: Because
1: <laughs> everybody over there looked old to me. I'm like, I need to go over there.
2: <laughs> yeah. And those tournaments, it's, it's one of those things where it's grown to that level. You know, I think uh, that year that you went, uh, that tournament had 99 total teams. Uh, 98, 99 total teams. But before it, 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 in the 90s, it was, you had the Latino Open, which was all the youngsters. You know, 18 and over. Uh, and you had the 40 and over division. And that was it. Yeah, And, and you would lose a lot of players due to the fact of like, they hit 35, they're not good enough. And they just wouldn't wait until getting to the 40, yeah. you know? So, you know, only like the OG, OG guys would, would stick around for the 40 and over, or, or, you know, guys would like take a couple of years off, play rec ball, and then they play in those tournaments. But now you have, uh, as far as Latino only, you have the, the men's 35 and over, 45 and over. You have 50 and over. Um, you have high school boys, high school girls. You know, uh, we have a women's uh, division as well. A lot of those, those subdivisions are a lot smaller, maybe four to six teams. But I think it just it just brings more of a a family atmosphere uh, to the tournaments. Because I know you, you talked about it before, you know, uh, you've been going to the Sink of the Mile tournament for for numerous years and it's and it's a it's a family event, you know. It's like that's the time during the year that, that you run into guys that you haven't seen in a while. Maybe you competed with them in high school or they're on the other side of the, the town. Or the state. Um, and it's just one of those things. And, and we've become, um, that's what we've become. We've become a Latino community, you know. Um, and, you know, even when I go to Tommy Nunez, um, he knows about our guys because he follows, like, the websites that we used to have. He, he knows what's going on. He'll listen to the podcasts. Yeah. And he won't say anything. He won't say anything.
1: He gave Arsenio a scholarship.
2: Yeah, he used to do the scholarships. So the thing is, it's it's the the the, the world's become smaller because of this, yeah. uh, you know, technology and everything like that. But it's always been a community, you know, and 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 like I'll see Tommy, and I haven't seen him in you know five years or whatever, and it's always like, oh, mijo, ho, how you doing? Like da 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 da, and 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 you know, you'll run into guys at a gym, and you know, you'll be walking through the gym, and you just hear like. Hey, see, you know, and you're like, oh, sh-, and I haven't seen, and you go up there. So it's like, <clears throat> you know, uh, my wife will come to the gym with me. She'll be like, next time I'm just going to stay there, because you just know everybody, you know, <laughs> it's just because it, you just walk in and everyone, you know, and it's, and it's not that you know anybody, but you've just been around for so long, you know, for us, you know, Al and myself, we've, we, we played in all these tournaments. So, you know, and all these men's tournaments and you see them every year or they're in your bracket and. You know, you're like, oh, or you, you know, see them at the hotel yeah. in the lobby having a couple beverages, and you just have conversation. So,
1: but but I I want to I want to add and and kind of stress it's absolutely a community. It you know I I still like to to go to these tournaments. I don't play anymore, but just to see old friends.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, I have stress. It, it's extremely competitive. Oh yeah. I mean, there's ballers. That it, you know, I remember. I remember the last uh open championship we won together, I was like 36 maybe, I think Bobby was 20, 29. And and we took a tournament, I forgot which one, but I I remember I was playing like two, three minutes a half. Yeah. And I remember the championship game, I'm fired up, yeah, we won the championship. And I I kind of was replaying at the end of the game, how much I played. And I was like, damn, I hardly played at all this weekend. And I was thinking to myself, well, damn, I probably played the amount I should have played because it's. Oh, I mean, I was. Over, I'm over the hill, bro. But like you know, it's. It was just. It just. I just didn't have it anymore at that. At that because they're competitive, man. Also, you, you can
0: the, the, the competition that are at these tournaments. I mean, it's. It's yeah. a lot more competitive than maybe people Absolutely. don't realize. Like. You, yeah.
1: you can't show up. You can't show up to Vegas, because with the with your with your Tuesday night rec league championship team and think you're going to do something. Oh,
3: no. Like,
1: like if, you, if you, you need to be, like, a baller. You need to be, like, working on your game, working on your body. Your team needs to have practices. You need to run stuff. Like, like if, if, if you think, you know, you've got a guy who scores, you know, 25 every Tuesday night, you guys are going to do good in Vegas or, or, or in the L.A. Memorial or, or in the Shoot the Rock tournament or in, or in, uh, uh, in the Tommy, forget about it. You're going to go party. Go party.
2: I remember uh, this – they were young at the time, but it was uh, intocables. Um, they're they they're like good in. The, I don't know if you played them in, in Vegas. We
0: played them in Vegas in the first. Yeah, game
2: yeah. So they're they're solid, right? Um, but but ten years ago they were they were playing in the in the Open at twenty five years old. You know, <laughs> a lot of them are thirty five now. But when they first started coming into my tournaments, you know, uh, Bosco walked in and was like, "Man, he went to Rosarito." And he was like, "Man, we about to run this thing," and I'm like, "Bro, you about to go? You about to go O 3 and I go, you're you're only going O three because you only have three games. I go, you go O five if I give you five games. And he's like, he was mad because I know I, I've been around long enough, and I know that they didn't have it. It was a lot of the local, you know, homies or whatever. And sure enough, after the weekend, I was like, hey, bro, how'd you guys do? He goes, bro, they're good, you know. And and eventually, like you know, they picked up pieces they, they got together. And they ended up being they really.
1: Good. They got better.
2: They 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 were they were like one of the top. Uh, Teams, uh, you know, uh, for a little for a little amount of time, and then they're really good in the thirty-five and over. But you know, guys walk in the gym and think like, "Oh, I I be killing at the Mount of Battle Rec League and this and that or wherever." And you come over here, and all oh, these guys have been together for for years, you know. So that yeah, chemistry, are,
0: that team chemistry, and and uh, you know, and they're it's, good. it's, it's, they're it's good. the same thing. I mean, we have I know a bunch of guys that I, that are from the neighborhood. Yeah, they're, you know, they're pretty good at the park or whatever, and I, and then I'll see them show up with a team, and I'm thinking, oh man, what what are y'all doing? And like, <laughs> you in trouble. We're, we're about to go to work, and I'm like, all right, well, good luck, dude. Uh, you no, know, I'm I'm a I'm a nice guy, so I'm not gonna bash I'm like, hey, good luck, bro. Let me know if you need some. Uh, and they end up going like 03 or something, and they're like, Whoa, what's going on? You know, but but these these teams that. Especially the, the ones at the top, you know, uh, top levels in California, Arizona, Vegas, and Texas, right? But those guys travel around oh, yeah. and they work out together. And-, and it's across
2: the the country, too. Uh, now that I, I, you know, with the social media stuff, like there's stuff in Wichita, uh, you know, and all over Kansas, and I don't know where, like, I'll get inboxes uh, of different, different parts of the country where they're like, we run Latino tournaments, too. Or it's like Latino native or whatever, but you know, Tierra del Sol. Like, there's certain teams that'll travel out to go to those, you know. But but as far as like like Latino basketball, I think, I mean, I, I'm from out here, so and I've seen a lot of Latino basketball, and I, I've been to Texas as well. And it's like the top teams can compete across the board, you know. And it's just and, and it's just kind of like at a certain level, there's a drop off, you know, like the top. You know, like like United and, and the gamblers, like for, for your guys' area, you know, uh, Puro Money and those guys and uh, Richard's team, Ken Siege, like those guys can compete in Vegas and stuff like that. But then you get some of the other teams and you're like, oh, well, you know, we just want to go, we want to compete.
3: Um, yeah.
2: But yeah, have fun, you know. But like the true, true teams, um, you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top. And I think just the way it's structured in California, I think California ends up having you know, their, their, their rosters are a little bit deeper as yeah. far as like the amount of teams, because there's more teams, you yeah. know, I think in, in Arizona, there's like 15 teams that'll travel to tournaments and depending on what tournament in California, you can have up to 25, 30 teams yeah. that go from Cali, you know, and and, and the, the levels range and I'm sure in Texas as well, you know, um, you guys are a bigger state, but you know, there's those certain guys that are like the mainstays and then. You always have those other those other teams that are just trying to come up. So it's good. I, I think um, the more we connect with you, uh, the more we connect with uh, the guys in the Shoot the Rock, and we had that Zoom call with, uh, you know, with the COVID and everything like that. Uh, some of the West Coast um, Latino tournament directors uh, got together, and they were kind of talking about, like, what are the next steps? And, you know, I think that's good. I think if there's anything that's going to come out of this COVID is – connections you know like uh you know i would have never had this happen i would have never connected with anyone from texas like you to your to your to your coaching connection um and we never would have had these other connections so i think out of anything you know like if you kind of look at the silver lining you know hopefully this this brings other things not just this you know maybe we can we can bring some stuff to to Texas or some of the Texas guys coming to California and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the other things that we talked about with Jason Ludwig um, was the Latino basketball coaches uh, association or association of basketball coaches, Um, the LABC. That's, that's another thing. Like that seems like it's going to be good. And you've already been a part of that. So I just think um, there's so much room for growth. And I think, you know, uh, this is a good opportunity for us to kind of like, reconnect and, and, and share what we know uh, to the Latino basketball community.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys taking some time out to hang out uh, and talk some hoop, talk some life, and, uh, and, and sharing your, your, uh, your passion for the game all the way out from California. I really do appreciate it.
3: Man, thank I appreciate
0: you. appreciate it too, man. It's fun. I appreciate it though, guys. I really do. Man, thank
3: you. Bye, right,
0: Marcus. You have a good night. Hey, hey, coach, don't forget to send me that uh, in the email. At, yeah, send me that Warrior stuff. I will.
2: What's up, Z? Oh, what up? You guys talking smack? You guys, this, is a, this is a smack talk before we go live. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that that guy's
0: always late. <laughs> I'm not of everything that this guy says before.
2: Right on time. <laughs> that's right. you doing, Z? Man, right here, bro. So but
1: you? Okay. Uh, hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on.
2: Yeah, I was over here like, OK. They're, they're getting everything ready. I'm like, gotta keep it down a little
1: bit. <laughs> you got your Spurs shirt on. I had to get my Lakers ring. Yeah, bro.
2: like Hopefully, the guys uh, stood around for the end part. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, I don't know about these guys, man. Click. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can edit it, bro. I got you.
2: <laughs>
0: edit, edit, it out. Put the put the
2: back part in the front, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Marcus. Yeah. Ask Al how many, how many three-pointers he made in high school. How many? None. Why? No three-point line. Oh. <laughs> that was, that was good,
0: I was good for that one, man. I was <laughs> back in the day. My, yeah, my, fr- yeah. my
1: freshman year, my, freshman year my, uh, my head coach would yell at me in college. He would yell at me all the time because we'd sprint down on the break, and I'd hit the brakes at the three-point line. He'd be like, we, get, you got to layup. I'm like, coach. I need this three point line, man. I haven't had a three point line. my whole career. I'm a shooter. I was a shooter. I was a shooter, and I didn't have a three point line.
0: Yeah, that's great. We can add this part to the end. and I got the blooper part. <laughs> <laughs> my non
1: my non three point shooting high school career.
3: Yeah, yeah. You're over. He's over. <laughs>
1: you that's had more keys in high school than I did.
2: See, I was a stretch four before that. That was a thing, bro.
3: Yeah, stretch four.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretch for it. They're like, get back inside, big man. I'm like, I'm six six, bro. I'm not really that big. Yeah. You know?
3: <laughs>